Welcome to the 336th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony. This is a podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And uh, actually, this uh, last week was like 60 minutes. It was like extended, double-sized. So you get like just like two two bonus podcasts in one almost. It's so long. And uh, I don't know if all issues are going to be like that. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gmanfromheck. And you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. That's ko-fi.com slash gmanfromheck. What's going to be on this week's episode? Uh, we're in a, in a strange, strange place, I, I think. I feel like there's not a lot of, of stuff, unless I'm just like not aware. Uh, movie feature is going to be Argyle. And uh, the funny thing is, I didn't really know much about this before it started. So um, you can hear, hear all about that. So Matthew Vaughn directed, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard, uh, so many people. <laughs> I'm not going to list everyone because I'm trying to think. It's like, okay, who should I be listing next? And then I'm going to talk about Badland Hunters. So I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week where I almost was going to do it last week's episode. But I decided to, to use it for this week, which is kind of good because there's not a whole lot of other stuff. So Badland Hunters is a, a Korean post-apocalyptic action movie that's on Netflix. So you can watch that at home. It's, it's, it's worth watching, which I'll, I'll get more into that later. And then uh, the final episode of Percy Jackson and Olympians, hopefully the season finale. That's what the Disney Plus page says, and hopefully it's not the series. I mean, hopefully it's renewed. I haven't heard anything about that yet, unless I missed that. And uh, that's the only show. There's, there's no other, other TV shows. I debated trying to squeeze in some, uh, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which just started uh, Friday on Amazon on Prime. The problem, and I haven't confirmed this myself, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the case. They dropped all eight episodes at once. And some's just like, why are you doing this? Because then it gets to the point where should I talk about a show, you know, an episode that's like been out like seven weeks ago? Are people going to care? Because if you really care about the show, you're going to, you know, probably have time to to binge everything. I don't have time to binge everything because I'm trying to watch everything and read everything and just. Uh. So I don't know. Um, maybe I'll try to check out an episode or two and maybe talk about that next week because next week i don't think i have anything i'm, I'm trying to think what's what's starting up uh, so anyways that's gonna be this week i'm not going <laughs> to talk about that that will say that for the end of the show let's get started with uh the news there, there's a little bit of news james gunn he's, he's got a lot to talk about he so he, he talked about batman brave and the bold you know so that's supposed to be the movie with with uh batman and damien and because, you know, he's talking about how it's been a year since he and Peter Safran, you know, signed and announced, you know, they're head of the new DCU, all this stuff and everything. But someone asked if uh, they were going to hold off on Brave and a Bold until after the Matt Reeves Batman trilogy is done. And James Gunn's reply is like, no, <laughs> they're not waiting. And I, I don't see why they should. I think it's it's totally fine. Some people might be like, oh, it's going to be confusing if we have two different Batman movies at the same time. We had Joker in Suicide Squad, and then we had the Joker, whatever, and you know they weren't that far off, and it was it was debatable if 
we'd get another suicide, you know, we were getting another Suicide Squad movie, The Suicide Squad, even though there's no Joker. So I, I think people can figure it out. So I, I think it'll be fine. If someone does get confused, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll get that when, when it's ready. And, and I, that makes sense. You know, why, why sit on it? Why wait when they're, they're, they're not connected? So it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Supergirl has been cast. I don't, did I mention this last week? I'm trying to debate when did this come out. I think this was this past week, not the week before. So I, I think maybe I talked about it was down to two people. So it is uh, Millie Alcock from House of the Dragon. And, you know, she was good in there. And I, I think I mentioned it last week. I like young Rhaenyra better than older Rhaenyra. And nothing against the older actress. And by, oh, I don't, that, that's, I'm not saying she was old, but she was older than, than Millie Alcock. But I, it could just be the change in a character also. Maybe I like the younger character version more because the older version had to do more, you know, your hands are tied because of whole whatever. Anyway, so she's going to be cast. I think that's good because she was good, and, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, going to trust that they've made the right decision and all that. But what was interesting about this is, you know, Matthew Vaughn, who's been, you know, he's promoting Argyle and everything like that. And I, I, I forgot how it started, but you know, people were asking if he was going to do a superhero movie or if he would, you know, direct Supergirl or something like that. And somehow it came to him, and he says that you know he, he's, he's a fan of, of, of Millie Alcott. And apparently, they, he tried working with her on some some project before, but I think she ended up turning it down or, or whatever. So you know, he he would be interested in that. But he says that you know because they're, they're so he, he basically he would consider directing Supergirl because he's a fan of her. But he he thinks it's it's kind of weird that they cast her, even though there's no director for the movie because he's like the director should be should be the one doing the casting you know they should have a say or be, even be part of it and yeah there's a casting director but i would think if you're going to direct a movie you want to know who you're going to direct who you're going to work with and then if you're like oh you're going to do this movie but you're this is a person you got to you got to work with and then what if you just think that they're they're not right for the role that would that would be be weird i guess there's a the, the big question is you know maybe she's going to have a cameo or some sort of appearance in superman legacy if that's the case then okay that makes sense like if if they do uh, another uh, who who's someone I can say like say uh, like let's say they're gonna Marvel is gonna do a, a Star Lord movie because you know they've been kind of talks with, with that. If you're gonna do a Star Lord movie, you're probably gonna get Chris Pratt, right? You know they could recast, but probably not. They'll get Chris Pratt, and then who's gonna direct it? James Gunn probably is not gonna direct it because he's at DC now, so they would have to get some new director. Director's gonna have to direct Chris Pratt as Star Lord, even though he didn't cast him as Star Lord because he's you know you get what I'm saying. I, and honestly, I actually had to like had to, I had to pause recording because I was like it would be like if they recast or if they're doing a Hulk movie. I was like yeah, but. Hulk is all CG. I was, I was going to say, well, if they had Captain America, well, Captain America is, there's different Captain Americas now. And I would say, well, what about Black Panther? Can't do Black Panther. I was like, just like, who's a good Marvel example? Oh, man. So we'll have to see. Uh, oh, then what about that Creature Commandos? So the animated show, it's, it's weird, and I find this a little weird, too, and I guess someone else did, too, because I asked about this. But, you know, uh, James Gunn keeps saying how that's going to kick off the the DCU and so like the question is like why <laughs> you know why 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 is that kicking things off whatever and he says well besides you know being already done that he he figured it would 
um, work as a precursor to Superman Legacy. So I'm not really sure what that means. So that, that'll be interesting. Someone also asked, like, how many episodes are going to be? You know, he says that the story dictates the amount, which I kind of like that. It's not, you know, a lot of times you're like, okay, we're going to do this show. It has to be eight episodes. It has to be 10 episodes. It has to be 12 episodes. And he's just like, okay, what's the story? What does the story need? And so he's probably, you know, he's big on the storyboards. You know, he talked about Superman Legacy has thousands of storyboards or whatever. So, you know, you probably have it all mapped out. And they're like, okay, we can tell the story. It's going to take seven episodes. So that's what they decided on. So it's like, okay, that, that's... That's good to know. Um, yeah, and I don't really know. I'm not super excited about Creature Commandos, but yeah, I'll definitely, I'll watch it, of course. So we'll, we'll see. Ewan McGregor, according to Variety, or talk to Variety, he, he would still love to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi season two, uh, but he's like, there's no, no talk of it yet. And he, he's like, there's a lot going on at Disney, but he, he would like to do it. He also talked about what it was like doing the prequel movies. And he said it was, it was kind of hard because in the beginning, everyone hated the movies. And, you know, the first Phantom Menace came out, everyone hated it. And he's like, you know, we still got to do two more of these. So it was, it was kind of hard and it was, it was bad. I also heard something totally unrelated. Oh, now I don't remember who said it. But, oh, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that writes the Game of Thrones books. I, I think it was him. I didn't really read it. I saw, I think I saw it on Twitter, on X. I think he was saying how the internet is kind of run by haters, your social media is. Because a lot of times people go online to talk about what they hate. Very rarely do people talk about what they love. And I, I just, it, it's, it's so unfortunate. I don't understand why people, they, they just, and it's like they, I don't know if they enjoy it or they feel like they should. But like when someone, someone doesn't like something, they just want to like spew, or maybe it's not even spewing the hate. And there's one thing about informing people if something's not good, you know, to warn them or whatever, or like, you know, this isn't quality, or, you know, this isn't worth your money and stuff like that. But I, I try to look at it as a lot of people put hard work into it, you know, assuming I'm assuming people aren't setting out to make something bad. People aren't setting, you know, going out and like, let's just cut all the corners possible. Let's cut five corners, even though there's only four corners. We're going to cut all the corners just to get this done and try to make some money. People don't do that. They put, they put their, hopefully, heart and soul into it, trying to make something happen, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Uh, so it's just, I, I always try to be positive, and I, I just don't want to sit and spew, spew hate. But at the same time, so like what I tend to do, like I, and this is what I always did, you know, in the, the later days when we were reviewing comics on Comic Vine, you know, if, if I'm only going to review, you know, four books or five books or whatever, I don't want to review something that I, that I hate that, that sucks or that I find just extremely boring. And, and I know that's not always the way to do it. Like there's like, you got to do this. You got to do this. You know, this, these are the key books. These are the, whatever people want. But I was like, if, then find someone who, you know, who wants to read that, do that. Cause I don't want to talk about it. Am I going to say like, oh, yeah, it's, it's got some nice words, you know, the spelling's correct. And um, there's cool pictures and pretty colors, but the story and the characters are just dreadful. So uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, I just try to find a positive in it. And if you don't like something, just like, don't talk about it. Because don't, don't, you know, just act like it doesn't exist. Why are you promoting it? Even if you're saying something's bad, people might be like, well, is it really bad? Or how is it that bad? Um, speaking of uh, kind of, I, f I feel like this is such an unnecessary story. And I, I debate about talking about this. But Deadline mentioned that someone else is leaving Thunderbolts. 
And so it sounds like the, I don't think, I mean, Deadline doesn't really do this, but a lot of people do like the anti-Marvel, like everyone hates Marvel, I'm just jumping ship, Thunderbolts is, is it's not going to happen, you know, it's in danger, everyone's leaving, running for the hills. But according to them, uh, I, when I read this, I'm like, um, I don't know who we're talking about here. So Io Adebri, and that's probably not how you say it, so I apologize because I'm a knucklehead, um, Io Adebri. Adebiri is leaving Thunderbolts, but then Geraldine Vishwas, just Vishwanathan is replacing. And so I'm like, first of all, I'm sorry that I'm butchering your name. So I'm like, who are they playing? I was like, because I thought we knew everything. It turns out the character was an assistant to Julia Louise Stryfer's character. You know, Vol- uh, was it Valera Allegra de Fontaine-ish something? Johnson and the reason she's leaving is because of scheduling conflicts so it's not even like like oh the, the, the movie's so dreadful or director's bad or this is bad and okay so okay so someone who's playing a, an assistant and I don't know I mean maybe maybe AO is a is a popular I mean more popular than I am I'm sure but maybe they people they had a following and it's like that and it's like well it's just not gonna work and I don't know, but I thought I would report on it. Here's something else I debate on. There, I think there's a new Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer. And uh, surprise, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm For two reasons. One, okay, it's getting to the point. I, actually, I forget when the movie's coming out. Maybe I should watch it. I think the movie's coming out soonish, this month or next month. Uh, so it's, it's that point. Is it's getting closer. Maybe it's later. I don't know. But if it's getting closer, I don't need another trailer because I'm going to see it. And the other th- reason I don't want to watch it is because I am so sick and tired of that first trailer. I c- it almost makes me not want to watch the movie. I've seen a trailer like almost every week because I go to the movies every week. And I don't see the accident. I don't necessarily see the trailer every week, but almost. It's like almost. And, and the thing that bothers me about the trailer, I don't think I talked about this when the trailer first came out, but I just, I, uh, the attempt. I hope it's better than this because this is the other. So aside from me watching the trailer so many times and getting tired of seeing it, there's two parts of the trailer that just really kind of rub me the wrong way. The first thing is when they're talking to Patton Oswalt's character about, you know, he's saying how, you know, first time in, in New York's history, someone fr- froze to death in July. And he's talking about like the tear ducts freezing and the rest of the thing, you know, or whatever. So like you just see everything freeze over so you literally get scared to death or something like that i think paul rudd ass and then Patton also was like yeah it's so cool isn't it <laughs> and so it's like why would that be cool oh it's, it's cool that people are dying that they're getting scared to death that they're free it's like that's not cool it's like why are you such i almost said why are you such an a-hole why are you such a jerk can keep it pg i know i could say pg-13 but Save her for when it's really appropriate. Why are you such a jerk that you're happy? And it's I get that that's supposed to be funny. The reaction, I don't find it funny. I find it it's annoying. And then the other thing, and in that scene, so Paul Rudd, he's like, he's like being serious. He's like, so that's what it means. And then you know, Pat Oswalt's like, oh, it's all so cool. And and Paul Rudd's like, huh. And then at the end of the, that first trailer. <laughs> there's like this big spectral creepy long arm being coming up and then there's Paul Rudd and he's like ho 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 because he thinks it's so cool that there's this big demonic entity headed their way 
It's like, wait, just like uh, like 10, 20 seconds ago, you were like the straight man. Now you're the laughing buffoon that's cool where this thing is probably going to try to kill you or kill other people and you're laughing because you think it's cool? That is not selling me on the movie. <laughs> so anyways, long story short, there's a new trailer. I hope it's so much better. I don't even know what to expect. So... I'm going to the movie. See, I, I love the first Ghostbuster. I like the second one. I'm, I'm going, I'm trying to, you know, I'm not going in all this fanboy like it's going to be the best thing ever. So you got to you gotta do some quality there. You got to win me. Prove it to me. And then uh, on, a, on a more serious note, a sad note, unfortunate note, um, Carl Weathers passed. He was 76. Um, he died during his sleep. So that, that's... It's sad. It's, you know, it's life, circle of life, all this stuff. And, you know, he died peacefully and everything. But it's just, it's always sad when, you know, someone, they're, they're, they're at the end and their families. And, you know, so, you know, thank you, Carl Weathers, if, if you can hear this, you know, for the entertainment that you've given us. You know, he, he, was, he was good and he was great. Actually, I'd say, yeah, he was great in Mandalorian. But, man, Apollo Creed, oh, man, it's so good. And like Rocky Three, it's it still bothers me. I, I for the longest time I thought he actually died. I I, I associated as like man, he, he, Carl Weathers is dead, but no, he's not. And you know he's other things, you know, action movies and uh, Action Jackson, right? So rest in peace, Carl Weathers. That is going to be the news for the week. With comic books at Image Comics, we had Dark Ride number ten. So. Uh, this is with Joshua Williamson and, and Andre Bressy. I forget, sorry. I realized, I started reading this. I was like, did I read issue nine? <laughs> so I had to dig out and say, oh, no, I, I didn't read issue nine. So this, this series, um, it's, it's a very interesting series. I, you know, I, I do recommend it. And uh, in case you need a recap, if you don't remember from me talking about it before, it's basically this dude, he kind of made a deal with a demon to make this like uh, horror themed amusement park. And it's like, did he wait, did he kill his wife? Did he sacrifice it? What's going on? And then he, I think he had another wife. I don't think it's the same wife, but then he had uh, twins as a boy and a girl. And he's got this huge theme park and he's kind of like this recluse guy. And he, he, there's deaths at, at the park and weird, scary mascots. And then um, we finding out more stuff and, it's it's definitely interesting. So you know Joshua Williamson, you know he he taps into that horror when he needs to, and uh, he he does it right. So you should check that out. Um, issue, yeah. So issue ten's out. Uh, you can definitely pick up the first trade. Duke number two, also by Joshua Williamson, and uh, this is interesting because uh, it's it's in the the, the Kirkman Energon universe. Which is weird because, like, is Robert Kirkman writing any of these books? You know, I, I know he's kind of overseeing stuff, but I don't know. Is he is he giving the plots? Is he saying this is what what the overall story is? This is where you need to go. I I'm, I, I'm not trying to be like facetious or anything like that. It's like I really don't know because I haven't heard anything officially. I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to uh, yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure the information is out there anywhere. I just I just don't know because I'm a knucklehead sometimes. But this, so this is like with the new Transformers that we've seen and, you know, in one of the issues, Duke, uh, I think he was, he was in a jet with someone 
and they went up kind of went up against Starscream. So he sees his jet turn into his robot. And then, like, in the first issue of Duke, you know, he's trying to tell, like, Hawk and others, and they're like, uh, are you crazy? <laughs> and everything like that. So no one wants to believe him that this is happening, which is surprising with with everything going down in Transformers comics. It's like, is no one filming anything? That No one's seeing this? It's like, how can they, like, deny this or whatever? And so here, he, it, you know, he, he goes to, I believe it's Clutch, uh, you know, because he's, he's kind of on the run. He's injured and everything like that. And then someone starts attacking them, and he has a beard and a big machine gun. I'm like, is that rock and roll? Why would rock and roll be shooting at them? Why would he be trying to kill them or whatever? I was like, is this just because it's it's this new G.I. Joe universe, so anything goes or whatever like that? And then there's someone else there. I was like, that's, okay, come on. I know that stalker. Why? What's going on? And uh, and then there's a little more that happens. I don't want to spoil things. But there's a, another surprise appearance at the end, which was a... Interesting to see where they're going to go with this. So I like this because it's the characters that we know. And if you're a fan, the characters that you love. But it's also their new characters in a way because everything, you know, reimagined and you never know. And so that makes it fun and exciting because, you know, you get the new and the old. Uh, Deadly Class Compendium. Oh, man. I love Deadly Class so much. As, as If you've been listening to the podcast, you know... I, I can't stop talking about it. It's such a good series. And I don't really know what it is about it. I mean, it take, took place in the 80s. Uh, you know, there's a lot of references and there's punk stuff and, uh, you know, comic stuff. But then there's assassin stuff. And it's like, um, I didn't go to a school for assassins, right? Right? Wink, wink. <laughs> so I, I don't know why I gravitate towards this this series so much. But it, it, it when it ended, man, I was like gutted. Oh, it's just so good. You know, Rick Render, Wes Craig, so, so good. So good that I had to, I, I ordered a copy for myself. I was like, I need to get this. It's it's the entire series. Uh, you should read it. I would love to get those big oversized hardcover books, but it's like, I, I can't afford to, to drop down for that much. You know, all those. Uh, so even though I have like, actually, I don't even know if I have, I have the first trade because yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to say why I have the first trade because I feel like I'm bragging um, in the fact that they changed it with the later editions. But I have a couple, I think I have a couple trades. And and then I have, you know, I, I think all my single copies, got I left them behind at Comic Vine because I didn't want to take everything. Um, and then I have like digital copies and stuff. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get this. So I highly, 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 highly recommend Deadly class. You should you should read that. It's so good, um, and the series was good too. The TV show. I'm, I'm still. I'm. I am pissed off that that show got canceled. What maybe wasn't the best thing ever, but it was. It was so good, and mad. Edenwood number four. So Tony Daniels. This book is. It's. I mean, it's just so weird. This all this demon hunters and witches and uh, weird stuff happening and. And just gorgeous art and colors, and so you should be reading that. I, I can't describe it any more than that. It's it's good stuff. Local man number nine. Things are are, are kind of coming to head. You know, we're finding out who's responsible for everything and like stuff tying into the past and all that. And it's uh, I I'm I'm enjoying this comic like more and more. You know, with each issue, so I I definitely recommend this as well. And then uh, there is World Tree number seven. So this is uh, James Tynan IV writing this, and uh, 
this is just it's like a, it's a disturbing comic and uh yeah so you, you should be reading that get the first trade you it's a uh, it's it's very weird and um like i said disturbing at marvel um i don't remember if i've read everything let's see marvel there was avengers inc number what number is this five yeah so issue five and um i think this is the last issue because yeah it said to be continue or follow follow the story in avengers number 10 or something or whatever and uh i didn't i i i don't i haven't really sat and processed like what the, the revelations here what's going on because what what we find out like who who's involved with these like killings and resurrections and what that means and uh uh yeah i, I don't know and, and i don't i don't think i spoiled it last time and i kind of don't want to spoil it because i i feel like you should read this this series so it was um i i would i would say i i liked it for the most part you know it, i i was entertained um i just i don't know how i feel because it's it's not like the most upbeat ending and it shouldn't have to be always because, you know, we don't always want that. So that kind of is like, it's like, huh. But it, it, it was good. Avengers Twilight. This is uh, Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna. Uh, I like this series way more than I thought I would because when we get these, like, near future, you know, dystopian society and blah, 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 you know, it's just, it's a lot of the same stuff, you know, where, you know, the old man, Old man Hawkeye, old man Guardians of the Galaxy, old man, old man, uh, whoever, old man Squirrel Girl, old man, what you know? It's just like okay, I get it, yeah. And and there is something neat seeing our favorite heroes, you know, because we would hope that they have the longevity to last and be around, you know, as they're old. We'll probably never see them because they don't age the way we we age. But with this, it's just it's. You know, it's it's a little annoying with the like how the world is turned has has gone to, to hell or whatever, and you know the the slimy people that have caused that. So that that's like a little bothersome. It's annoying because it's like ugh, like these people why you know go away. But that's the story. You need that. That's the hook. That's that's the 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 conflict or whatever. And um, you know, having Captain America as you know an older Captain America, depowered Captain America trying to make a difference and you know i love cap and so that's I, I think part of the reason why i'm enjoying this so much because you know he's it's about him trying to step up and save the world but it's like is it too late is he past his prime and so yeah just some it's, it's really really good carnage number three came out oh man i didn't you know i'm not gonna read that dead x-men number one uh this uh i part of me feels like i missed something because I don't know what book they would have talked about it. So they have this plan set in motion. And I'm, I'm trying to do my best to try to figure out how to, if I, hopefully I'm explaining this correctly. So with Moira McTaggart and her newfound uh, mutant ability or whatever, where if she dies, she resets the timeline. And then she starts over. And so what, but she remembers everything that she did before in a previous life. So she's using all this knowledge and she basically confronted Charles Xavier and, and Magneto, and they, that's how they built Krakoa and everything. Because you know they they like knew what's going to happen. They knew what they could do, learn from mistakes and everything like that. But then it gets to points where she is like anti, you know, X Men or Krakoa and everything like that. So she's totally turned on them. 
And, you know, things that, you know, then that's where Orcus and everything, all this horrible stuff start happening. But there's, and there's other bad stuff, but they're, they're like, because, this is where it's like confusing, because Mr. Sinister made clones of Moira and he made these alternate worlds and kind of put like bookmarks so he can go back to certain parts. So they've assembled a group of X-Men to go into these other worlds. I'm, I'm totally trying to say this. With my, I, I'm, my eyes are closed. I'm try, really trying to focus and hoping that I get it all right. <laughs> these, this group of X-Men are going and trying, they need to find Moira before her mutant powers manifested. And I think it was, is it Prodigy who is, uh, has, has to like absorb the memories of this untainted Moira whatever and so they can try to fix things that doesn't make sense the way i explained it but yeah so you know they're going to this world like this world's horrible she's not here we need to get out of here and um yeah we'll see what's going to happen <laughs> deadly oh gang war deadly hands of kung fu number two this was eh. it's it's more gang war stuff which is whatever that's fine and then shang chi is you know trying to be this gang leader, even though, you know, he's a good guy kind of pretending to be bad and he doesn't have access to the, the 10 rings, you know, they were locked. Like there's like a barrier, like a little, you know, what cube cage around him. He can't, you know, miss mystical. So he can't just smash it. And yeah, he's trying to keep the other gangs away from Chinatown. He's, you know, trying to say, okay, we're here from Chinatown. You do whatever you want, but don't cross our lines here. But, you know, it's like he's a hero, but he's trying to be like a villain and like, or like a criminal. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. Hulk issue eight. I'm it's this series. is. I, I mean, if it's time for me to admit it, if I kind of haven't ready or, you know, said it, it, this, this series just isn't clicking for me. I'm just, I, I'm not digging it. And we have this, this other ghostwriter dude. I don't, I don't care for this ghostwriter dude. And I don't care for any ghostwriters right now, it seems like. I'm just not enjoying it. And just the whole stuff, like, who's after the Hulk? Who's whatever, the green door and all this stuff. And I I tried reading this issue, and I'm just like, I, I can't do it. And I'm not saying it's a bad series. But it's just, it's not for me. So it's just in heart. But part of the thing is, so you got this ghostwriter dude in Spike, and then, like, the, the, his grandson is, like, in a sidecar, like, all like, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, you shouldn't be anywhere near a Hellfire's lit-up motorcycle going up against whatever. Uh, Marvel Voices, or Marvel Voices Legends, number one. I, you know, I never read these Marvel Voices books, and I really don't know. It's like, should am I? Should I be? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't read that. Let me know if you read it. Marvel's superheroes, Marvel superheroes, Secret Wars, Battle World, number three, and um, on the cover, I think they just added this. It's like Secret Wars forty. So it's like, wait, you're, are you saying it's forty years of Secret Wars? I'm just like, oh my goodness, that that is nuts. This has been okay. It's it's fun going back. We have to. I, I'm I'm assuming. There are other beyonder, you know, beings. They made this kind of other world. And it's like they're testing Spider-Man for some reason. So in order to test Spider-Man, they're bringing other villains who weren't in Secret Wars, but coincidentally had action figures. So 
I think that that's brilliant that like, hey, why did they make action figures for Baron Zemo and for Hobgoblin and Daredevil? So let's let's incorporate them into the story and it'll make more sense. Not that they need to, to do that. So I, I, I kind of find that funny that they, they did that. Uh, there is a Miguel O'Hara Spider-Man 2099. Guess what? It's Spider-Man 2099 and Man-Thing 2099. I do not care about Man-Thing. <laughs> There's so many characters I don't like or care for. I'm sorry if you're a fan of Man-Thing. Yeah, so I didn't read that. I, I can't read it. Spider-Boy number two, three? I was like, wait, it can't be number two. Spider-Boy number three. This was fine. I, I don't know. I mean... I, I, I'm not being blown away by Spider-Boy. I mean, he's, it's crazy. You know, he's just 10 years old and, you know, he like, he has no web shooters. It's like, he shouldn't be out there by himself. And, you know, like any 10 year old, even without, you know, well, I guess if you don't have powers, you definitely shouldn't. But yeah. And uh, so it, I mean, this was a, a fine story, but I'm just like, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I don't know what I would want. Like, what 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 should we do with him, or what should be done with him? I don't know. Um, Spine tingling Spider Man number four. I I didn't read that because it wasn't the first issue. Was to be like the scariest Spider Man story ever, and I was like, no. Uh, Doctor Afro forty. Okay, I think this is incredibly awesome. Thank you to all the whoever's whoever's buying and reading Doctor Afra. I'm so glad that this is at issue forty. That this has that longevity. And, and and thanks to Marvel, Disney, Lucasfilm, whoever, it's like I, I think that's awesome that this book is still going for forty issues, even though I'm not like religiously reading it. I, I'm fascinated with the character, but there's just something I don't I don't know. I, I I I think maybe it's that that area because a lot of the stories venture into like non regular Star Wars Skywalker saga stuff, so it's just like. Eh. And then, <laughs> oh man, there's Wolverine number forty-two, Sabretooth War Part Two. Oh, it, even the cover. As soon as I saw the cover, I'm just like, I'm gonna hate this, right? It's like, Happy Birthday, Logan. I friggin' hate Sabretooth. Not quite as much as Carnage. Although you know, I don't know who. I mean, I just, I cannot stand Sabretooth. I despise a character. He, I just do not find him entertaining or anything. That He's just this disgusting, sadistic, horrible, delusional, crazed, killing thing. And, you know, the whole thing is like, oh, it's Wolverine's birthday. I'm going to kill his girlfriend or whatever. And it's just like, dude, you're such a loser. Like, get your own life instead of, like, hanging out with this guy. So the last issue of Wolverine is supposed to be like the most violent Wolverine story ever. And I guess, I mean, there's just people getting like decapitated and, and uh, um, like vivisection, is that what you call it? And you're seeing like the, the bone, ham bones and whatever, just cross sections. And eh, I just, I hate Sabretooth. And I just, I don't want to <laughs> read that. So I, I tried. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, no, it's like I couldn't do it. At DC... Um, I almost got tricked by, there's a tr Trinity special number one. And I was like, okay, Trinity special. Hmm. Why are they doing a Trinity special? Or is this going to be reprint stuff? It's reprint stuff. It's like a lot of the backstories in, in the Wonder Woman series. So it's like, it's cool if, if, 
but who who's who's reading about Trinity and and gonna want to pick this up? Because if you're reading about Trinity, you probably already already read these. But then again, if you're like if if, if you're really digging a character and you're a fan, then you get the stories collected in its own book. So I guess you have that. Uh, Batman, Superman, World's Finest. Uh, did I read this? Oh, this was an annual. Yeah. Wait, which, which, what was this story about? I think uh, there's like multiple stories in here. And when I first saw it, first, I was like, oh, World's Finest, another issue. Cool. Then I was like, oh, World's Finest annual. I'm trying to remember. When was the last time I really liked an annual? I, I, I find them... It's it's great that it gives the opportunity for uh, you know non regular writers or artists to work on a character and uh, you know they're probably so excited to get the gig and, and you know do that. I'm just finding the stories kind of meaning or not, or kind of uh, just unforget or kind of forgettable. Kind of what's the word? What I don't I can't even think of what I'm trying to say here. But there's just nothing that's really like like wow or or like oh yeah that happened in in that annual book. So it's just like nothing really nothing just really been been like sticking and there's nothing overly yeah I, I can't even tell you what i read everything in here so it's it's fine titans beast world number was it six it's a conclusion and uh just you know can they cure all the people who are infected what about beast boy is he really dead What's going on with Amanda Waller? Why is she so evil and annoying? And why are, is everyone buying into this? Uh, whatever. And there's even like, you know, they talk to the president. And, and then it's like, you know, a few pages later, Amanda Waller is doing a press conference. It's like, why, why is she holding a press conference? Who called this press conference? But I guess she doesn't own anyone. So, yeah, it, it was fine. I mean, there's some okay stuff. But um, basically, Amanda Waller is like declaring war on the Titans and trying to get the American public to be against them. Oh, I hate Amanda Waller too. <laughs> Batman and I, I'm pretty soon I have to stop reading comics. I'm starting to be like negative Nancy over here. No offense if your name is Nancy. Uh, Batman and Robin, this was an annual. <laughs> I just don't understand this series. It's like the fact that Bruce is trying so hard to have a relationship with, with Damien. And one, it just, it doesn't make sense. It seems like that this would never happen. There's never been any, like, any real interest in this. It was shocking when Damien died and Batman went, you know, to try to save him. That actually went to different places because it just seemed, it doesn't seem like he could be bothered. He cares for him, but it just felt like he's like, well, you know, he he's, doesn't need me you know he he can be if it's like the kid who's like like 13 and he's letting him go around the world and do whatever and be in like a, a death fight club green lantern alan scott the green lantern uh i forget what, what issue this is but um we we get more on what was it red lantern uh the origin and i was just kind of kind of getting bored so uh, i don't know I am not reading Batman Off-World. I, I don't know if... I, I didn't love the first issue, so I haven't been trying it, but we're at issue three now. Let me know if I should be reading that. Um, I almost read it. I was like, wait, what's this Power Girl? There's a new Power Girl Power Girl number one, Uncovered? What's that? It just covers a Power Girl, I think. So there's that. And then, uh, wait, I think that was it. 
Yeah, because there's there's a Batman Urban Legends. What the heck is that? Twenty dollars. I'm looking on, on Amazon. Um, Waller versus Wildstorm trade paperback. So I guess that's it. So that is um that's everything I read and everything that I'm hating on, unfortunately, with comics. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's move on. That's comics for the week. Wah, wah, wah. All right, Percy Jackson, Season 1, Episode 8, The Prophecy Comes True. Now, hopefully this is a season finale. On the show page on Disney+, Plus, it does say season finale, but it hasn't, I haven't heard anything. Have you? <laughs> Did I miss it? So, uh, The Prophecy Comes True. Percy approaches Ares, you know, they're sort of on, on the beach, and... So we hear Luke's words. Uh, he's 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 going on about Percy not asking to, to be a uh, you know he, he's like you may not have asked to be a half blood but you are one. That means you're part of something bigger than yourself. So we get this flashback to Percy and Luke. They're practicing with like I guess wooden swords uh, in the woods at, at camp. Percy gets knocked knocked down. Then he he's asked he's like well, when am I ever going to have to use this? And he mentions that they never fight fair there are no rules and luke's like no there are rules he's like that's what warfare is he's like knowing the rules so you can use them against your opponent and percy's like well what's an example so luke says well there's all kinds of examples like on the beach percy yells at Ares, single combat and Ares just kind of chuckles and like scoffs and he's like what <laughs> annabeth and grover they're both like what <laughs> And Percy's like, one-on-one, but I set the terms. If I draw first blood, I keep the bolt, and you surrender to Helm. Ares laughs, and Percy's like, do you accept? And Ares's like, well, I mean, it's your funeral, kid. Although, just to be clear, no funeral. Any trace of you leaves a trace to my plan, and we can't have that. And Percy's like, it wasn't your plan, though, was it? It was Kronos. It was his idea to frame Poseidon's kid and steal Hades' helm and Zeus's bolt to start a war. Annabeth turns to Grover. She's like, what? Because she missed all that part. And Percy's like, is, is that where he got to you, too, through your dream? And he's like, gods don't dream, little man. And no one tells a god of war how to start a fight. He's like, after you die, say hi to your mommy for me. So... I mean, this just shows right there, Ares is just a bully. He's a baby. He's got nothing else to, to go with. So he's, he's trying, you know, he mentions Percy's mom to try to throw him off guard and, you know, so he doesn't concentrate and just tries to attack. So he walks towards Percy. Uh, he, they go towards each other. Percy dodges. They swing. They start you know, clashing you know, with their swords. Percy falls. He blocks. Ares, like, knocks Percy's sword out of the way, picks him up, like, just... And then he just like kind of grimaces at face, and he just like slams him down. Percy like struggles his feet. Ares like kicks him. He kind of goes flying a little bit. There's like a rumble of thunder, and there's you can see this huge wave coming uh, by the ocean. And Percy he like pants. He's like, I warned you, if you're not careful, you'll find out who I am. So he's on his feet now, and a wave is rising just like beyond him. And in Ares, I don't know if he saw it before, but he definitely notices it now. Whoosh, slams him down. So then the water, when it passes, he's like looks for a sword, and he picks it up. Percy comes running. He like jumps, and he, you know to block, but then he jumps and he kind of lands behind him, slices the back of Ares' ankle. So I don't know if he got his Achilles tendon or just got his calf or whatever. Annabeth and, and Grover are like surprised, and then you know so 
Ares is, is wounded and he's kind of like, you know, leaning on, on his good leg now. He slowly claps. Yay, that was so cool. You want to know what you, you really won today? An enemy for life. Congrats. And he starts like glowing. Grover is like, yells. He's like, don't look at his true form. So they all turn and then there's like a metallic thud. And they look and they see Hades' helm. A voice whispers Percy's name. It's like, wait, is that his mom? There's a light on at the cottage at, at the beach. So I guess that's a cottage that he was staying at. So Percy approaches alone. He enters. There's radio on. He calls his mom, but it's Electo, the, the, his former teacher, the whatever. And she's like, quite something, isn't it? Using earthquakes to clear the skies. Lord Poseidon grows bold in his war against his king. So Annabeth and Grover walk in. And Percy's like, Hades sent you to retrieve it? That's been your quest all along? So he takes the helm from Annabeth, sets it down on the table. Annabeth's like, what are you doing? And he, Percy's like, living up to my end of the bargain. And to Lecto, he's like, tell Hades I expect him to do the same. So she picks up the, the helm, and Percy quietly is like, please. And she's like, good luck on Olympus. And she like walks out. Or as she starts walking out, then she's like, perhaps there will still be a world left for your mother to return to. Then Grover's like, what did that mean? And then he and Annabeth stare at Percy, and he's like, what? And, and she's like, dude. He's like, I have to. And she's like, what for? The quest failed. We missed a deadline. Percy's like, this is bigger than a quest. Before we set off, Chiron told me the last war on Olympus kicked off World War II down here. We have to get Zeus to call it off. Returning to Bolt is the only way I can get his attention. Grover's like, Percy, you don't want Zeus's attention. And he's like, I got to tell him about Kronos. Did you see how frightened Hades was about the idea of Kronos coming back? Zeus has to know bringing him to Bolt might be enough to get him to listen. You two have got to go to camp. Now that we know who Ares and Clarice were working for, someone has to warn Chiron. And Annabeth's like, he'll kill you. You understand that, right? Either because he still thinks you stole the Bolt or because you're a forbidden kid. Zeus will never let you leave Olympus alive. And he's like, I'm done running from monsters. This is too important. I have to try. So Annabeth hesitates, and she takes off her necklace, puts it on Percy. She's like, you're going to need all the luck you can get. And the girl's like, just for clarity, how sure are we that you couldn't just explain everything in an email? And Percy's like, where's the glory in that? So then it cuts to New York City. Uh, Percy walks into like the Empire State Building. He walks up to like the front desk, and the dude's like, "Oh, tours, blood started, whatever, like that." He's like, "I'm not here for the tour. I'm here to see Zeus." And he like plops the the bolt on on the desk. He's like, "I don't have an appointment." So elevator ride up. When he exits, it's huge. There's like all the you know Greek columns and humongous arches you know all the typical stuff that you would expect and just like sky and stairs everywhere so we get a flashback to luke in the woods and percy's like the gods are all powerful but they have to play by the rules and luke's like yes and percy's like and they create demigods so we can break the rules for them and luke's like yes percy's like but if we can break rules and they can't shouldn't they be just as afraid of us as we are of them Luke smiles. He's like, you're learning fast. He's like, you have to be very careful with this. And Percy's like, what do you mean? So Luke's like, Annabeth is terrified of spiders. She's a lot bigger than they are. So what do you think happens when she comes across one? Two things you don't want to be are small and scary at the same time. Things that are small and scary get squished. So Percy walks forwards. There's like no one there to, to greet him. 
So he, he makes it to like the top of the stairs, like on this, this mountain, whatever. There's like clouds and stuff around. And there's this uh, like big open area with some seats. So it looks like kind of like a council, you know, s section. It's kind of like the Jedi temple, you know, whatever, just a bunch of chairs in the circles. And uh, there's some dude sitting on this big, big chair. It's almost like a throne up there. It's a dude in a suit. It's Lance Reddick, which is sad, but cool. So it's like, wait, is this Zeus? It is. So Percy hands him the bolt. He's like, I didn't steal it. Neither did any of my friends. We found it. We got it back. We tried to get it to you on time, but... And he's like, you failed. Percy's like, yes, I did. But I had to come. I had to tell you who did steal it. It was Kronos. And Zeus kind of like, you see, he kind of like takes that in. He's like, so he didn't know that. And he turns back and he starts walking to his throne. And Percy's like, he's behind all of it. He's emerging, emerging from Tataris or trying to. He's gathering strength and he's coming for, for all of you. And Zeus is like, you may go. Percy's like, but... And Zeus is like, I know where Kronos is. I put him there. I know who Kronos is. I am his son. Of course he's gathering strength. Of course he's coming. That is what we do. We snap and plot and strive. It was only a matter of time before he did again. So he sighs. He's like, thank you for the news. It is the only reason I'm letting you leave alive. I have a war to prosecute now. So when I say you may go, it means be grateful and it means be gone. Percy's like, but the war can't continue. Boy, <laughs> like thunder. The war proceeds and it ends with victory. You escape with your life. That is your prize. What did you think that you and I would negotiate? Percy's like, I thought you might listen. Kronos wants you to fight my father. He wants you both weakened. I will not be weakened by my brothers. You already are. Your family's a mess. They don't support you because they love you. They obey because they're afraid. Ares, your son, he turned on you the moment someone stronger showed up. Do you really think he'll be the last? How afraid of you do you think they'll be when your dad shows up looking to put you back in your place? This, like, angers Zeus. He pulls back his, his arm. He, he lights it up. So he's got the bolt, whatever. Prepares to slam it. Percy just, like, ducks and covers, crutch down. But then... You can see someone standing there holding Zeus's arm up. It's Poseidon. And he whispers, he's like, I surrender. And Zeus is like, what? Poseidon's like, I surrender. So Zeus turns off his bolt and Poseidon's like, take your victory. Just spare my son. He's like, your forbidden son who should never have been born. And Poseidon's like, the same as your Thalia, whose bravery still inspires demigods. Perseus is one of those heroes and has shown a measure of bravery today. Zeus kind of scoffs quietly. And in ancient Greek, Poseidon's like, who else knows about father? So Zeus says, Ares, Hades, Hermes. So, and Poseidon's like, everyone. And then Zeus says in English, I'll have Athena set a meeting. The whole council will declare my swift and crushing victory. This makes Poseidon cringe a little. And then discuss family business. Make sure I never see this one again. And then blink, he like disappears in a little blue light. So then Poseidon slowly turns. So now they're like kind of staring at each other. Poseidon's like, obedience doesn't come naturally to you, does it? And Percy's like, no, sir. So then Poseidon's like, I must take some of the blame, I suppose. The sea does not like to be restrained. And Percy's like, Patros, He's like, that's the only word I really caught. It means father, right? And he's like, Chiron taught you well. 
person's like, I didn't learn that from Chiron. So Poseidon thinks about it. Your mother taught you ancient Greek? She taught me a lot of things. Can I ask you a question? And Poseidon's like, I don't know when Hades will return her. He can be difficult when he wants to make a point. And Percy's like, do you dream? Ares said that gods don't dream. And so Poseidon scoffs. He's like, Ares is a moron. He's like, perhaps you noticed? Of course we dream. Why do you ask? He's like, do you ever dream about mom? So Poseidon puts his hand like on the back of Percy's neck, like, you know, in a like, you know, caring way. And he almost looks a little pain. And then he holds out a pearl in his hand and Percy's eyes kind of go white. He's like, you should be going. And then he drops a pearl. Percy lands with a thud in the field. Then he sees like the, the big Thalia tree. So he's outside of camp. So Percy walks in, he returns camp. Kids are all clapping and cheering for him. Annabeth comes up to him, gives him like a big hug. And she whispers, did you see her yet? And then per Percy sees Clarice is standing there, like arms crossed, like glaring. He's like, why is she? And Annabeth's like, don't say anything. I'll explain. So later they talk. And he's like, Clarice stole the master bolt. And Annabeth's like, it's complicated. He's like, how is it complicated? Luke's there too. He's like, everyone was ready to join the war here, to start fighting each other. An accusation against Clarice without proof would have set the whole place on fire. He's like, but now that you're back, you stopped the war, you saved the world. Now it's safe to tell Chiron and finish cleaning up the mess. I told him that we needed to meet him away from the celebration so we can talk without any of Clarice's supporters noticing. And Annabeth's like, I'll, I'll keep an eye on Clarice while you're gone. Make sure she isn't going anywhere. So then it's dark. Percy and Luke are walking through the woods. There's like big fireworks going on. And like you can see them through the trees. Luke's like, look at that. It's like they really pulled out all the stops for you. So then he has Percy. He's like, you, you haven't said much, you know, since we, we left the, the whatever, the, the one room. And he's like, I've just been thinking about what the Oracle said that I'll fail to save what matters most in the end. And Luke's like, you're thinking about your mom. He's like, I get that, believe me. But prophecies, those things are so vague. Percy's like, the quest is over and everything the Oracle said has either come true or makes sense. And he's like, has it? And Percy's like, you shall go west and face the God who has turned. And so Luke's like, Ares, okay. And Percy's like, find what was stolen and see it return. So Luke's like, clearly the, the bolt. Percy says, and you shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend. And then Luke doesn't say anything. He just kind of stares at him. And then Percy's like, well, the reason Clarice is still here is because you never said anything to Chiron about her, did you? Well, you couldn't because you knew Clarice didn't steal the bolt. You did. You worked with Ares to plant it on me. So when the, sh the shoes you gave me pulled me down into Tartarus, the bolt would be delivered right to Kronos. And Luke's like, I didn't think you'd give him to Grover to wear. And then he's like, and this, that kind of catches Percy off a little bit, off guard, because you know, even though he knows it, he's, he's kind of admitting it. And Luke's like, I am your friend, Percy. None of this was meant to betray you. The gods are my enemy. You, I am here to recruit. And Percy's like, recruit? So Luke turns and Percy hears like a, him shink, like unsheath a, a sword. So he pulls his out. Luke's like, easy. He's like, I didn't bring here, you here to fight. It's like, this is what I wanted to show you. So like holding out the sword, he's like, this is our way out. It's like, way out of what? Luke's like, camp. He turns and kind of cuts through the air. So it's kind of like uh, the subtle knife in a uh, um, golden compass. What was that show called? It wasn't called golden compass. His dark materials. So he like cuts through the air 
So he's like, you know, this is their way out of camp and their control. He's like, Backbiter, which I guess his name is a sword, can open secret doors. We can stand and run as long as it takes. And Percy's like, stop saying we. And Luke's like, it's the word Zeus fears the most. And gods want us to fight for them, to worship them, fear them. They couldn't care less what we want. They're bad parents, Percy. And they've gotten away with it for too long. And Percy's like, no, it's like, this isn't you. This is Kronos. He, he got to you. And Luke's like, no, he opened my eyes to the truth. He cuts a little more. And he's like, a golden age. That's what they called it when he ruled. We're going to help Kronos bring the golden age back. Stealing the bolt and the helm was easy. For what comes next, we're going to need all the help that we can get. So he starts cutting some more, but then Percy like knocks you know the blade aside with his. He's like, our parents aren't perfect, but they're trying their best. He's like, I met your dad. And Luke at this, Luke, because Luke hates his dad. He's mad at him. So he strikes a Percy's sword. Swing, swing, swing. They're like fighting. And he's like, you did get better. So Luke makes another cut while fighting. And he's like, last chance. So he like swing, swing. And then Percy like slashes Luke. And he recoils like, oh. And then Percy's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, I didn't mean to. But I guess he was faking because then he's, Luke swings at him, kind of cuts Percy's arm. He goes down and like drops a sword. So Luke has a sword over his head, gets ready to deliver the final blow, I guess, which is like, holy crap. But then something comes flying at him and hits a sword. And he like looks, Annabeth reveals herself. So Luke is surprised as she's standing like against him. She pulls out her sword. She's like, I heard everything. So then he's like looking, he looks down at Percy, then back at Annabeth. I mean, he's like hurt. He's confused because he's like, you know, he doesn't want to fight them. Or I hope, I'm assuming. So then he just like runs, goes through the doorway that he made. And he's gone. The next day, Percy's packing. Outside, Chiron's like, none of this is easy. You know, saying goodbye. And Percy's like, I, I may not be gone long. I just need to see if Hades has returned her yet. And you're certain that you won't accept an armed escort? Percy's like, I told you, I don't think Luke wants to kill me. I don't think he does either. That's what scares me. When Luke explained why he planned to take down Olympus, part of it made sense to you, didn't it? He, Percy doesn't really say anything. Luke knows that you'd be a powerful ally to his cause and his master, Kronos. He can be very, very persuasive. And Percy's like, yeah, but I'm very, very stubborn. You'll still have to be very careful. You're more than a hero now. You are a leader in the eyes of your fellow half-bloods. You have made me very proud. And Dionysus, uh, Mr. D or whatever, he comes up. He's like, great, you're still here? Percy's like, I was just leaving. And then to Chiron, he's like, thanks. And then he's like, no, thank you, Percy. And then Mr. D or whatever, Chiron, he's like, Percy? And he's like, yes. He's like, no, I mean, that's your name? Yes. Are you sure? Because I'm 90% sure it's Peter. And he's like, Percy, Percy Jackson. And, and then Diana says, like, I don't think so. And Percy's like, I'm pretty sure I know my own name. He's like, ah, you know what? I don't actually care. And he's like, all right, everyone had a half term. Get out of here. So Percy uh, comes by. He goes by the Thalia tree. Annabeth is, is there. And he's like, you going home to see your dad? Or he's like, you know, how, he asks, how does Thalia feel about all this? Are you going home to see your dad? Uh, Annabeth's like, it's a tree, seaweed brain. It doesn't express opinions. But I imagine she's thrilled. And Percy's like, and how do you feel about it? She's like, she says, well, he wants to show me New York City first, so I'm going to pretend that I haven't been there. And then someplace called 
Disney World, which kind of sounds like like Water World, but less determined to kill you for six miles. And she's like, wait, did I read that wrong? It's like, what am I walking into? And he's like, just be a kid. Grover runs up. He's like, hey, hey. They're like, do you got it? And he like nods, open his jacket up. There's like this like flower like on his chest. Percy's like, is that your searcher's license? He's like, yeah, officially authorized to begin the quest of Pan. So Annabeth's like, where are you going to start? And Grover says, well, it seems like every inch of the natural world's been checked, noted, and footnoted, then checked again. The council's theory is that Pan is, is always on the move, and it's all about timing. But no one's ever bothered to check the seas. And Percy's like, I know some people in management out there. If you ever need some help, and Grover's like, I'll find you. And then Percy's like, listen, let's make a pact right now. No matter what happens, we meet back here next year, all of us, right here. Deal? And they all hug. So in a beach cottage house, Percy slowly walks up. He enters, and then Percy? He, and it's his mom's there. So he runs up to her, hugs her, and she's like, what happened? He's like, it's a long story, but a good one. And she looks at him, and then she's like, it's time to wake up. The lights go dim, and like their little fireplace thing like lights up, and, and someone like walks up to the door with a lantern. And Percy's like, are you serious? We're still doing this? I won. You lost. Get out of my dream already. And Kronos chuckles. And he's like, soon enough, we'll meet in your world. If you can survive, what's next? Percy's like, well, it turns out I'm pretty good at this. So when you're serious, come find me. That is my hope. Your survival is the key to my return. Whoosh, he's gone. And then you hear like curtains like open. Percy's like lying in bed, he's like woken up, and Sally's like, no kidding, kiddo, it's time to wake up, breakfast awaits, seventh grade awaits, and he's like, mm, probably would have helped if I slept a little bit, and she's like, did you have another nightmare, and he's like, grandpa, and she's like, oh, don't call him that, and Percy, you know, so she's like, what do you say this time, and he's like, don't forget to tell your mom how much you love her today, and she like kind of looks at him, and she's like, Kronos, Lord of the Titans said that, and he's like, I mean, he could have. So then they're getting ready to leave and stuff like that. And then he, Percy's like, the stories you heard about Greek gods, heroes, and monsters, I'm here to tell you that they're real. If you ever feel like you don't fit, like the world doesn't make sense, then you might be part of our world. So don't give up because we might need you for the fight ahead. <laughs> Which is like, don't get little kids' hopes up. It's like, man, this all sucks. Oh, I might be a demigod. It's like, come on, man. That's the end. But then there's... A mid-credit scenes. So Gabe, the, the husband, the stepfather, whatever, he's on the phone, like in, in the hallway. He's like, you call yourself a lawyer? This is outrageous. My wife is divorcing me, and on top of that, I gotta pay you too? How's that fair? He's like, well, who, who told you to take out law school loans? It wasn't my idea, it was yours, buddy. And he tries putting his key in apartment door. You gotta be kidding me. She changed the locks? Now what am I supposed to do? No, no, I mean, do you know how to pick a lock? He's like, hello? Hello? And he, like, and he looks down. He sees there's a package by the door. He like reads it. Return to center to Percy Jackson from the gods? Cute. He opens the box, looks inside. He's like, well, that is gross. And then he turns the stone while holding the box. So I uh, guess he got some karma there. And now there's going to be a, a statue of Gabe holding a box in the hallway. <laughs> Uh, so that's the end of uh, Percy Jackson. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll get more. Uh, so I, I should go back and watch the movie. And uh, that's something that, you know, maybe 
if, if I get around to it or if I'm on top of it, I'll uh, maybe talk about it on a secret podcast, see how it compares to this. Because I'm, I'm curious, you know, is the movie this whole first book? Because I really don't remember anything now. So, uh, yeah, that was Percy Jackson. And uh, if you're on Patreon, you may hear about how the movie compares, hopefully soon. Okay, and uh, that's uh, apparently it for, for TV. So then, uh, so now, first movie feature is uh, Badland Hunters. So I, I almost talked about this last week. It started uh, the Friday before last Friday. Uh, I forget the date. And uh, it's a Netflix show. It's, uh, did I say it? <laughs> Badland Hunters? I don't know if I even said that. And it, I saw it was coming out. You know, when I was, I was trying to figure out, this was before I, I realized that Godzilla Minus One was coming out. I'm like, what the heck am I going to watch? I need a movie feature. And then I saw, like, Badland Hunters, what's that? And I was, I was like, oh, it's on Netflix. And I was like, Don Lee? I, I was like, and then I watched a trailer. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So it's it's a Korean movie. It's like a post-apocalyptic uh, movie. And uh, it's, um, it's it, I liked it. It was, it was interesting. And uh, I... I I heard some, so this, this dude, Don Lee, I forget his, his, his Korean name. Don Lee is like his, uh, American stage name or whatever. So I, I remember hearing someone's like, like, how come he hasn't been in John Wick? Cause you know, you have all these, you know, different action people or, or, or it's like, you know, how come he hasn't been in, uh, uh, Fast and Furious, which seems like, cause they really put everyone in there. So he, he's a, he's an interesting guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a big dude. And uh, I really like the way they play up his character because he's just like he's got this reputation, and you know he just he just just like delivers like hard punches. So it, it's it's kind of neat. There, there's a, a lot of action in the movie, and um, it's 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 a little silly at times, but it's it's entertaining. You know, it's all all in Korean, so you have to you know it's all subtitled. You have to read it and everything. But I think they they did a good job with it. So I'll kind of, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but the way it starts off and, and even like the credits, all the credits are in Korean. So I have no idea what, what they're even saying, like who directed or anything like that. So you see these like kind of mutated lizards, this lab full of like dead people. There's just a one guy left. He's like looking at a computer. He's, he's in a panic. And he goes to this, like there's some like some lady or whatever, girl laying on a table. And he tells her, she's like, I swear, it's like, you're going to live. And then someone starts like pounding on a door. So he goes to this case full of vials and he, he's like about to inject himself. I thought he did at first, but I don't think he did. So armed soldiers come in with this lady and he, you know, they, they tell him to let this, you know, the lady on the table go. And he's like, it's like, no, I have to revive her. It's like, she'll be dead, you know, if we don't act now. So then the, the lady's like, you've taken over a hundred lives with these horrific experiments. This isn't what so Soyin would have wanted. So it turns out that she's his daughter. So he's like ex doing all these experiments to try to save his daughter. So the lady's like, she's not going to come back. Let her go. And he's like, I finally figured it out. I swear. He's like, look at me. I already injected myself. He's like, I'm living proof. So I guess he did inject himself. And then he goes to inject his daughter. But here, I don't think he managed to push the plunger in all the way because one of the, the soldier dudes like shoots him like in the shoulder. So he like falls back. But then before anything else can happen, there's kind of like a rumbling. There's an earthquake. And, you know, he looks at his daughter and then he, outside the window, you see Bill is <laughs> a little silly. Bill is just like <laughs> like falling over. And then he picks up the syringe again on the floor because he's like, well, I got to inject my daughter. But then whoosh, the floor falls. 
so we, we get to opening credits and you, then you see like this devastated world people with, like crude weapons you know they're all around these like smashed buildings you know barren landscapes there's you know there's like mutated cells and weird eyes and stuff like that so then you see this kid uh, he, he's like you know a teenager like you know he's supposed to be like 18 or 19 or whatever he's got like a bow and arrow he's walking through like wrecked buildings like through the rubble as like he, he's hunting because then he hears something he, sh he like turns there's a cat but he doesn't you know shoot it but then there's, there's a big freaking alligator so he like ducks around a, a you know smash car lights a fire you know lights the end of his, his arrow and he hits the alligator in the side of the head and he like laughs he's like ha, ha. but then he goes to get it it's still alive starts thrashing he like pulls out another arrow the alligator's like running towards him so he tries going in the back seat of a car but then uh, the arrow <laughs> the 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 quiver of arrows like gets stuck as he's trying to like get in so he has to like take it off so he can hop in there close the door but then the alligator smashes like through the windows like like snapping at him and then he can't get the other side of the door open <laughs> then the alligator gets pulled out so uh ma I, ma ma dung siuk is so don lee and he like, pulls him out by the tail and then whacks him with like this big machete thing whack whack like three times he decapitates him so then there's this girl uh suna Su suna i think and her grandma they you know they, they've collected some water because there's not much drinkable water out there so that's part of the, the problem in the world now and so they, they have to run it through all these filters and stuff like that then there's this like village market by the bus district so don lee and the kid you know they're, they're working to stall like trading for alligator meat people are in this big line then this van with like kind of sirens drives up and there's like some hooligans in there. So they claim that they're bounty hunters. They have this like crude drawing, like just like a hand drawing. And they're, they're like, oh, it's this person. So they're just basically gra grabbing random people. And then uh, one kind of big guy kind of resists and the other one like, like pierces his arm. And then the, the leader dude, he sees Suna and he's like, wow. Because I guess he thinks she's cute or something like that. Or maybe, I don't know, there, may, there could be another reason. He's like, how old is she? And, and she like, she's like, you smell bad. She's like, leave us alone. So then uh, the dude like knocks down grandma and grabs her so that the kid with the arrow, uh, he like goes over there, punches the guy, but then he gets tackled by this other guy. They punch him in the side. More start coming at him. So Don Lee, his character's name is uh, Namsa. He sighs, slams down his butcher's knife and goes to help out. He just wails on them, of course, slams the leader guy's head down like next to the, his big blade. And so it's like he could just like kind of slide it over to like, cut his throat or chop his head off. And the guy's like, he's like, I'm not the leader. He's like, I'm not sure who is. Uh, but then he's like, said the tiger is. And Namsa's like, he's still alive. So he knows him. They, and they have all these bottles of water. So, you know, he's like, you know, where did the water come from? So it's from this apartment surrounded by trees. So it's hard to see. And, and he's like, he tells them, Namsa, tells him to tell tiger not to mess with them there and the guy's like what's your name and when he tells them they all know him so they're like oh you know nonsense they skedaddle out of there so he's got this big reputation so the kid wants to check out the apartment because you know he's he's heard about it. it's supposed to be like heaven on earth only the chosen few are allowed in whatever and then this uh lady meanwhile goes at, at their place this is, must be later on she goes to talk to suna and the grandma she wants to offer them a place at the sanctuary so coincidentally it's the same place so they offer sanctuary for family with children under 20 to ensure the future 
Namsa is like skeptical, but this lady, she calls herself teacher or whatever. She says that, you know, they, because, you know, how come no one else comes in? You know, how do they keep, you know, the riffraff out type of thing? And she says they have, you know, security of armed ex-military people that are protecting the place. As they're, they're, they're going there, you know, they're making the journey to a place, but then uh, grandma's like, because you know, she's old, she's getting tired, so they get separated because it's hard for her to walk. Teacher says that they'll have this dude escort her and they'll just, you know, be a little later, but there's some cars that are, are coming for them. So Sunya sa says, you know, when they get there, she's like, wait, if these cars were here, then grandma could have come with all of us. And someone's like, I'm thirsty. You know, it's one of the other people coming because there's other people walking that are, have been chosen. Teacher says that they'll send a, a car for grandma tomorrow. You know, she'll be fine. But then as Suna walks, because she, she made a new friend, there's this other girl that, that was talking to her. She sees a security dude um, who, who met them. He has like this nasty wound hole like behind his ear. So she's like, what's up with that? So there's this other old guy with grandma and they each have an escort helping them. But then uh, this dude says it's time to stop now. And grandma looks around. She's like, you know, there's, there's nothing but rubble. She's like, where's the facility? And then the dude's like, it's down there. Shoves the, the, the man into like this pit. This other dude like um, sticks, takes out a knife, sticks it and grandma's like, I don't know if it was her back or shoulder. So it turns out that the, the kid, Jiwan, I think his name was he, was, he was there and he sees this. He calls, he's like, grandma. And then the dude pulls out a gun and starts shooting. Namsa is there. I think he threw like a knife or something like that. He grabs an arrow from the kid, jabs into the other guy. A kid goes to grandma. Then the two dudes, they get back. They, they get back up uh, and they pull out like, you know, this, this whatever's sticking in them. They start fighting. The kid gets um, his guy to like step into this like snare trap. So he's hanging upside down and he's like, why did you kill her? So grandma's dead. And a dude says that it's like they were both worthless. So there's more fighting than Jiwa gets saved by this lady. He's like, wait, where does she come from? It turns out she was there for Namsa's help. So she must have heard that he's there because she wants to get her associates out of the apartment. So she tells her story. You know, she was in this military unit. They were looking for survivors. They found the apartment building that hadn't fallen. They, so they like put in purifiers and all this stuff. Then this doctor came and, you know, doctors were valuable until he showed his true colors. So she like confronts him, you know, and you know, asking where all the children that came seeming because they haven't been returned. So it turns out this is a doctor from the beginning. So he was doing these experiments and he actually turned the soldiers into things that can come back to life. So he's developing some, some so that's why they have like the scar in the back of their neck. So basically you can see where it comes from here. I'm, I'm <laughs> going through the whole movie, but basically what, what, happens is they want the kids because there's something like in their pituitary gland or something like that that they can extract from them to try to make this like vile this is this is a uh, liquid this potion or something like that that they can inject themselves but the problem is if they don't inject themselves every so often then they start reverting back or dying or whatever getting savage so it, uh, the kid namsa don lee and this other lady they're going to try to make their way into the apartment, but it's like all fortified and surrounded. So they end up going to Tiger because Tiger, you know, has some you know, shipping deal with them because they basically are kidnapping people and bringing them there, you know, in exchange for water and all that. So they have to make their way to the apartment and, and so forth. So that's, it goes from there, obviously. And, and, you know, other stuff happens as well. So it, there's, there's just a lot of good action scenes, as I mentioned, and it's there, there's, you know, bits of humor and uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I like the acting 
and you know it's just it, it was it was a fun movie and the premise is kind of silly it's not not overly original you know but whatever it's just it did what it wanted to do and it, it kept me entertained so check that out on netflix uh badland hunters uh, it's it's like i think it was like in an hour hour and f- either an hour and 40 i think it was an hour and 48 minutes so it's like just under two hours and it's it's it, it, was, it was it was a cool movie so check that out and now it's time for the movie feature main movie feature which is argyle so this is a uh, directed by matthew vaughn and it has dallas bryce howard sam rockwell brian cranston uh catherine o'hara henry cavill uh sophia butella dua lipa <laughs> um I see Ariana Dubois, John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson. The reason I laughed at, at uh, Dua Lipa, okay, so I'm sure she's inc- immensely talented. You know, she's she's got like a great career. I don't know anything. I I know I've heard Dua Lipa songs. I don't listen to Dua Lipa because it's just not my thing. But sometimes when my wife is in, her, in driving her car and she listens to XM radio, she listens to the pop station when they, they seem to play like the same five or six songs or artists, whatever. So I know I've heard Dua Lipa songs in my wife's car. I can't name a single song. Did she sing? Does she sing Houdini? Is that Dua Lipa? Or is that someone else? I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, at school, I'm talking about the movie. Uh, the next day with the secretary and then she's like how is Dua Lipa in a movie I'm like um I don't know <laughs> because I didn't know Dua Lipa was in the movie until I saw the credits I was like oh Dua Lipa was in there I was like wait is who is Dua Lipa is that, that do I do I is that who I think it was and it was who I thought it was and and the secretary said that too so she was good in it um now the thing is Dua Lipa and a lot of these other big actors unfortunately they don't have huge roles in the movie. So what they do do, I said do do, is you know their their, their little roles are are good, they're big, they're important, but they're not immense. You know, it is Dallas Bryce Howard and Sam Rockwell. They're they're the main things. You know, Brian Cranston and Catherine O'Hara, they're they're important too. Henry Cavill is important. It's like weird because I feel like I haven't gone back and watched the first trailer, but when I first saw the trailer, so I saw Dallas Bryce Howard. You know, the, the story is she's a spy novelist. Then she kind of g- becomes a target because the stories that she's writing, she tends to be predicting things that are actually happening in the real spy world. And this other guy like comes up to her on a train. You know, this guy with the long hair and the beard. I didn't even know who that was. That was Sam Rockwell. And then as I, I'm watching, as I'm, I was like, it was like I saw the trailer and then I saw a poster, like a one sheet poster, like a character poster with Henry Cavill. And I was like, he looks kind of weird here because the, the and I don't know. I felt like in the picture, his neck almost looked like slightly elongated. Maybe it was just I don't know what it was. I, I haven't gone back and tried to look at that poster. But then I was like, he's got a new movie coming out. Uh, this is weird. And then I was like, wait. This is the movie. I've seen the trailer for this, and I don't remember him being in a trailer. Uh, maybe I didn't pay attention when I saw the trailer. I don't know, even though it, I was interested in that, that, the idea. So <laughs> what am I getting at? That's, I mean, that, that's kind of the premise where uh, it's, it's like Dallas Bryce Howard, she's just, a, she's just a writer. And I'm not saying just a writer. You know, obviously, I'm not trying to diminish that. But she's a writer, 
And she may have written about spy stuff, but she's not a spy. She's not the superhero action person, whatever. And all these deadly skilled trained people are like after her, whatever. So she has to be on the run. And who can she trust? Can she trust Sam Rockwell and, and everything? And there's like so many things. And and uh, being a spy story, you know, that that adds to it where there's there's lots of twists and you know cloak cloak and dagger and espionage and who what's going on and so i i enjoyed the movie i really enjoyed the movie now the the thing and i i usually don't say this till till the end but on rotten tomatoes uh it's at a i think it's at a 66 let me check real quick yeah no no not 60 it's a the, the audience score is a six, 67 audience score is 67 I thought it was 66. I don't know if it just went up since I last checked. But the critics score is at a 35, 35%. And I enjoyed the movie. I can see why people won't like it. And the the thing is with with this, you know, it's a Matthew Vaughn movie. So depending on how familiar you are with Matthew Vaughn, I really enjoy his movies. I I, I find them very fun, over entertaining. And a lot of times they're you know they're a little over the top. They're intentionally over the top. You know, I love Kick Ass. I I and it's weird because like X Men First Class seems kind of tame in comparison to his other stuff. But didn't he didn't he do Wanted also? No, wait, he didn't do. I don't know why I I think that he did want it. So he did Kick Ass, right? And he did the Kingsman, you know, movies. But if you think about some of the action scenes there, where I and I'm, I'm I kind of struggle with how to describe them. Where I feel like I feel like there's you know heavy CG involved, but it's not CG where it's. I mean, maybe it is obvious. I don't, I don't know. But sometimes things are almost feel like they're kind of sped up. But then sometimes you know there's slow motion stuff where you you know see like you know like something happening like a tooth fly. I don't know, and it's it's just it, it's a little absurd. But I feel like that's the charm of those action scenes. And and I I I really I I find it fun and and you know not necessarily silly or whatever. But I I enjoyed the movie, so I I can see how some of the action sequences might be a little turnoff for some people. And it's just like, man, just just don't take it seriously. It is a movie. It is an entertainment. It's not meant to be like it's it's not an autobiography or or a documentary documentary. So it's just like sit back and just enjoy the visuals. It's it's weird and wacky. It's supposed to be. Uh, I mean, look at the the premise in a movie, and if you know the premise in a movie, I mean, when you see like the hook or whatever, it's like, of course, it's it's absurd or whatever. But it's just, it's a all spy movies are absurd. I mean, so you, you have all that stuff and uh, um, other things. Like there, there's this one scene, and I, I don't want to spoil things. I I know I'm really jumping. Off. I feel like I've skipped over a lot because I, I don't want to get heavy into the story. And because part of the story is, is you know, there, there's kind of like some twists. It kind of like, it is like, wait, what? And then what? It, you know, it kind of like flips all over. I, I think that that's interesting in a way because it does keep you on like the edge of your seat and, you know, expect the unexpected. I wasn't expecting the unexpected, but now you know. And I could see that that could maybe bother some people that it's like it keeps changing directions and it's, and it's like, wait, where, what? But I, I I thought that was cool that it does mix things up there. So, uh, but anyways, there's this one scene. 
Um, I'll just say, without getting into specifics of anything, like what's going on, but there was a scene, like a big fight scene, uh, like in a, not necessarily the final act, but close to it, where there's a lot of like smoke bombs, like tear gas, but they're like colored smoke bomb tear gas canisters. I don't know if there's a name for them because I'm not in the spy industry, right? I'm not supposed to be a weapons expert, right? Uh, anyways, uh, so there's like all this like colored smoke going on and it's like super bright and colorful. It is amazing visuals. But then the whole scene, the way the smoke is going, and, and it's almost like making like arches of smoke. And it's just uh, all this stuff going. And wait, is that a heart shaped smoke? Like, what? what is going on here? And there's bullets flying and people dying. And it's just, it's so over the top and absurd. And I loved it. <laughs> there's this other scene. Um, I'll just say it involves a bunch of oil, like crude oil. And then there's a bunch of like moving around. A, a character kind of like slides a little bit. And then when they get up, there's like no oil like on their shins or anything like that. And I'm like, eh. but there's like some, you can see some on the clothes or whatever. But it's stuff like, who cares? And, you know, little stuff like that. That that bothers me a little bit. But other stuff, it's like, I, I just, and the cat, I, I love the cat and the little cat carrier. And it's funny how there's a whole Taylor Swift thing. Um, I guess the story is, and I, I could be wrong about this, because uh, apparently the character that Dallas Bryce Howard plays, I think when the movie was first talked about, they said it was based on a novel by this this person, Ellie, Ellie Conway. And then I think they're trying to figure out, wait, like, who's Ellie Conway? And I think people were, like, trying to... And I don't know if this was intentional or not, this, if this was a point, but people were like, who's Ellie Conway? They, they couldn't find any any uh, record of the person who wrote the book that this movie is based on. And and then they were trying... People started thinking, thinking that Ellie Conway was just a pseudonym, that it was Taylor Swift that wrote this under a pen name. Because, you know, she's she's written songs under pen names. And you know, for other people in that, and because there's uh, the the Scottish fold cat that you know is like her cat, so like because of that, and you know she had a cat carrier kind of similar to this, and you know, and I think there's some other stuff too. But uh, people were like, "Did Taylor Swift write this movie?" And it's like, "No, she didn't." Uh, so, but some some of the things were just kind of unconsciously, you know, whatever, you know, leading to this. And but I I just I I found a movie entertaining and um i it's, it's just i i know i have a feeling that people some people are just aren't gonna like it it's maybe it's just not for everyone but i i just thought it was a, a lot of a lot of fun and i i'm glad i saw it it was worth watching uh the movie apparently did like 1.7 million in its preview night which i think is good i mean considering I, we we've i feel like movies have sometimes done more like five or six or seven million or something like that you know depending on the movies but like this even though there's such a big cast, I, I feel like I hadn't heard about anything about this up until like just a few weeks ago. And uh, the budget is like 200 million. So I, I read that they're saying that in order for this to break even, it has to be it has to make like 500 million. And I think they're predicting like maybe 20 million for the weekend. So it's got a ways to go. Uh, I don't know. But it was just just good, and and Brian Cranston, um, I, I'm kind of glad I see him here because you know I I mentioned last no was it, I mentioned this week 
I'm getting things all mixed up. Is like you know Brian Cranston in the 2014 Godzilla movie. You know I I love Brian Cranston, but his character in that movie is just such a letdown. So at least here, Brian Cranston is allowed to just really kind of push things and be not necessarily more animated or whatever. But it was just it was just interesting to see and everything. And uh, yeah, I just I had fun with this. I will say you know Samuel Jackson his character. He just he didn't have to do a whole lot, and it just felt like it wasn't really necessary. Because you know, even like like John Cena, he he you know he had a, a tiny role too, but I feel like there was some. It, it was good in a, in a way, you know, it, it had its its worth, uh, and and Henry Cavill was was good um, for what he did. So, I say see it. It's it's good. It's worth watching. And um, have an open mind. Just you know, try to have some fun. It's it's may not be for everyone, but I enjoyed it. So that's all I really have to say without spoiling anything. But it's it's good in my opinion. If you know what I like, and I mean, it's, it's the thing is like if if you like Matthew Vaughn's other movies, then you'll you'll like this. You know, you know what to expect. But I think maybe just some people weren't expecting some of the stuff that happened here. I don't know. But it was good. And uh, that's that's it for this week. So uh, thank you for listening. Um, a little shorter episode. We'll, we'll get back on track. So thank you. Big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanformec. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional... 30 minutes or more podcast entertainment each week. Uh, last week I did 1976 What If Number 1. I think I think I might do What If Number 2 this week. I'm a little hesitant because the What If issues are slightly oversized or whatever. The first issue, it took me like an hour to, to go through it, which is crazy. Um, so the first issue is What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Four. Second one is What If the Hulk Had Kept Banner's Brain or something like that. So we'll see. But, um, oh, and I'm, I'm probably going to watch a Percy Jackson movie at some point. So um, unless I last minute scramble and watch it and everything, maybe I'll do that this week and just interrupt what if because I don't think it really matters. So I'm probably going to talk about the, the 2010 Percy Jackson. I think that's when it is because um, I'm really, I, I've, I feel like I should do that while the show is still kind of fresh. So we'll see. But if you can't commit to monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck and buying me a virtual cup of coffee or two. That's ko-fi.com slash gman from heck. Okay, so what is going to be next week? This was a kind of kind of a, a big question. As I was looking at the calendar, like what's coming out, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I haven't like heard of anything like that. So there's this movie called Out of Darkness, and I actually saw a trailer for it when I saw <laughs> when I saw Godzilla minus one minus color when I saw the black and white version, and it's a uh, it's supposed to take place in the like prehistoric ages, Stone Age or something like that. And uh, so uh, okay, I just clicked on this thing. Uh, 45,000 years ago, um, it's a human survival movie similar to 10,000 years ago. Let's say originally, blah, 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 blah. And um, it's basically, there's like something like hunting them. 
Um, I, I feel like I need like a a small boat reaches ashore, landscape six of struggle across. I don't know. It just, I looked at it, it, it looks like it could be okay, it could be cool, but I, I was like, I haven't heard about this. I don't know anything about that. So then there's also Lisa Frankenstein. And I'm like, what the heck is, is Lisa Frankenstein? So Lisa Frankenstein has Catherine Newton, who was in um, uh, Ant-Man. She's so Scott Ling's daughter. She was also in uh, that, what was that Freaky Friday movie with Vince Vaughn, where they switch places? Um, so I, I like her. And it also has, isn't it Cole Sprouse, right? I think I could be wrong about that. Yeah, so it has Cole Sprouse. I was also at Carla uh, Gugino. I can never say her name. And uh, other people. So um, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Lisa Frankenstein. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see. May, may, I don't know if I'm making the right choice or not, but um, I already bought my ticket. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious though, which is going to have the higher score. I just feel like, and also, you know, being fully honest, when I look at this and I'm thinking about when I, I promote the episodes, because I, I feel like, I feel like sometimes, depending on what the movie features, it sometimes someone might listen to or download an episode based off, the, you know, maybe they're not a loyal listener, or maybe it's just they're busy and they're, when they see it's like, oh, I want to, I need to listen to that one, you know, right away, I'll catch up on the other ones later. But I don't know, I feel like, out of Darkness versus Lisa Frankenstein, I feel like, if I'm being totally honest, I feel like people might be more willing to click on Lisa Frankenstein than Out of Darkness. When they're like, wait, what? what is... I don't know. I could be wrong. We will find out. I have no idea what to expect from either. Um, in an ideal world, I would go see both, but I don't think I'm going to have time to see both. So we'll do that. Although, I mean, the thing is, there's there's no other shows. I don't think there's anything else coming out. So I think I'll, you know, try to watch at least, a, you know, I'll watch as many uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smiths as I, as I can. The IMDb scores aren't super great. And I don't know if that's just people hating, haters going to hate, or if it's just not that good. So we will find out. And um, I... I, if you're eager, like where are the, the three hour plus podcast? Where's the four hour podcast? Podcast. I, 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 I'm, I'm needing. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this shorter time. I still feel like I'm, I'm busy as heck, and I'm not complaining or anything like that. But it's just, just trying to catch my breath, and I, it, it, I feel like I have been busy at school. You know, just if you're interested in hearing anything about that not the details, but there's just been a lot going on and you're just trying to help the kids and meetings and this and that. And so it's just like, I, I feel like I, I can barely catch my breath and, you know, I have no downtime and, uh, you know, cause like every time it's like, if there's downtime, it's like, okay, I got to read, start reading comics or I got to, you know, watch this other episode and stuff. So we'll, we'll see. Um, so that's going to be next week. Um, and as far as that, I guess that's it. So I hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your listenage, because it's not patronage, listenage, listeningage. Thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for, for being here. Uh, if you're up, up on my Patreon, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. 
Um, and you know, if, if you're not, you know, I, I just thought about, you know, also, you know, don't forget, you can always review episodes on Apple or Spotify or Amazon or whatever, you know, rate it, you know, do that. I don't know how that helps or not. I don't understand algorithm stuffs, but thank you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying life. I hope you're taking care of yourself and I hope you remember be good to each other. <laughs> <laughs>